Welcome to the Broadcast Sport podcast. I'm Broadcast Sport reporter Max Miller, and this week I spoke to AFTV co-founder Robbie Lyle about how broadcasters can bring fans closer to programming, plans for his global fan network company, his views on social platforms, and a lot more. Hey, my name's uh, Robbie Lyle. I'm the CEO of the GFN Network, founder of uh, AFTV and DR Sports. Yeah, you sat in our studios at the moment. <laughs> AFTV is uh, probably the biggest football fan channel in the world. You know, we've got um, a platform that across all of our platforms, probably got about over 4 million followers. And DR Sports is our new sort of uh, football channel, been going probably about a year and a half. And yeah, it's growing rapidly as well. On YouTube alone, we've, we're just closing in on 300,000 subscribers. And we've just started also a new F1 channel, literally a week ago. Um, we've got 2,000 subscribers on that, which I'm really happy with so far. Um, and we're looking to do big things with that. So basically, we, you know, we that's what we do on the GFN network. You know, what I mean, we're we're all about um, bringing sport to people through social media. And uh, yeah, we've been um, AFTV, which is the sort of flagship channel of it, has been going now for 10 years. Okay, and obviously you started off AFTV pretty much by yourself, and how has it grown since then with, in terms of people, in terms of, in terms of everything? It's been a massive... Yeah, it's been a massive growth, um, because when I first started it, it was, uh, there was two people. So it was me, I sort of had the idea to do it and everything, and then I teamed up with a friend of mine who was, uh, he did a filming and editing, and, you know, we just literally rocked up at the... Emirates Stadium and started interviewing fans and for quite a long time it was two of us I'd say for about the first over three years of doing the channel there was just the two of us you know what I mean and we did have a studio we do a lot of stuff at home you know um I, in fact the sort of first sort of studio type thing setup we had was in my garage you know um that was the first setup and it used to be freezing in the winters I remember that yeah, now it's grown to, what, last count we employ about 22 people, you know, including myself. So, um, yeah, it's really, really grown massively in the 10 years since I started AFTV. Yeah, and what do you think, obviously you get masses of engagement as well from fans and not just Arsenal fans, not just fans of F1 and so on for your other channels. So what do you think has been the key to being able to reach people in a way that kind of other fan-driven channels haven't been able to? Just so I feel that because we... Uh, if, I, if, if I go to, say, AFTV, you know, I, I feel that we've always made engaging content that, you know, we made it for fans. You know, we, we used to have a big saying, especially early, early on when we started, that was sort of our motto was for the fans, by the fans. Because I'm a fan, I was a fan of Arsenal, and I just wanted to make content where you could hear fans having their say and their view on the club. So I've always kept that philosophy in everything we do. And anything we do is for the fans, by the fans, or driven by the fans. So our content is still in that way. It's driven by fans. Genuine fans of their football club, genuine fans of F1. Wherever the sport will be, we put the fans first. We put fans right at the centre of what we do. So like on DR Sports, for instance, you know, we cover many, many, many different clubs, Premier League, and all of them are represented on the channel, you know? Um, we had a watch-along that we did uh, a couple of weeks ago with um, 
it was Liverpool versus um, Real Madrid in the game where Real Madrid beat them 5-2 and we had some viral videos that came off of that, um, I'm including one that we had on TikTok, it's done over 6 million views. But one of the great things about if you watch that video is the authentic voices. So on the one hand, the Liverpool fan who's a deep scouser, um, contrasts with the Real Madrid fan who's, uh, you know, he's from Madrid. You know what I mean? And, you know, you just got that authentic, real feel and flavour of two fans, you know, uh, watching their club and all the emotions that come with it. So I think our content's authentic and it's fan-driven and, you know, and, and that's why it's always been so engaging. When it comes to TV and broadcasters um, or rights holders with their content as well, it tends to be quite neutral. It tends to be not taking any mm. sides. Being able to as you do, kind of going club by club, does that allow you to bring in a lot of new voices and especially voices from like outside of London and yeah. the regions and so on? Oh yeah, that's, that's, that's one of my favourite things about it, as I said, is that um, we have fans from all over, right? So you get those real authentic voices, you know what I mean? Whether it be a Geordie, whether it be a Scouser, whether it be someone from Birmingham, you know, you get all of those voices. Um, you know, we, we, we've even done stuff where I remember we've done a watch along for the African Cup of Nations and we did all the games um, during the Africa, well, we did um, the big games. And one of the, my favorite watch alongs on that was when we had Nigeria versus Ghana, which is the, equi the equivalent to that over here would be England playing Scotland. You know what yeah. I mean? It's a heated derby, you know? <laughs> and just listening to them going at each other, the emotions of each side, you know, it was absolutely brilliant. And just the way, you know, they celebrate in a different way. They, yeah. they, everything around how they consume football whilst it's the same as us, there's different intricacies to those authentic fans, you know? So uh, it is, yeah, it is one of the things I love about um, about doing, doing it in the way in which we do it. Yeah, and kind of, I guess, now, well, moving beyond football in some ways, you've launched the YouTube channel with uh, yeah. Planet F1. Yeah. And... Is that a similar thing? Obviously, a lot of F1 teams are based in the UK, but they have international followings and so on. Yeah, well, what we're, what we're looking to do with that again is, is we're looking at F1 from um, with this channel from a fan's perspective again. So, you know, you've got so many fans of F1. I, you know, when I first started even doing the F1 stuff on DR, like, my favourite driver is Hamilton, so I was really into Hamilton, but I quickly found that you've got guys that are big Max Verstappen fans, and you've got someone who's a massive Alonso fan, and, that. and I was like, there's parallels to football in this. And I remember I went to a Grand Prix in Monza, and uh, Charles Leclerc won that race, right? And it was like a football match, because he drives for Ferrari. Yeah. So all the Italians went crazy, and the way they were waving all the flags, I'm like, this is, you know, it's a bit like football in, in the F1, that everyone's got their sort of favourite driver. And then with, with, um, with it, you've got fans who are just like, you know, they nail their, you know, they nail their thing to a different team's flag, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's been, I've loved the rivalry even in F1. You know, it's been fantastic. And those kind of rivalries and I guess controversial moments and things, are they things that you're able to focus on and take advantage of in a way that maybe I don't know if you are F1 you maybe don't want to go too close to and things like yeah, that yeah I guess you know it's a bit like what you were saying earlier you know I mean if you're a rights holder or if you're a broadcaster you do kind of have to have a sort of neutral 
view of things. I mean, I remember when we, back when we was doing DR, right, and we did that race when Hamilton and Verstappen, remember oh, Verstappen yeah, the won lap. the championship? Yeah. And, you know, the, the, the Hamilton fans were not having it. And they were not having it. They, they felt that he'd been cheated. And yeah. they said that he'd been cheated. And they said the reasons why. And the Verstappen fan on it was happy. And, you know, it, it was just, you know, <laughs> but you get the true feelings of what our people felt. Yeah. You know, which the, the Hamilton fans felt that he'd been cheated out of a world title and that it was wrong, you know? Whereas the broadcasters, they've got to be, I guess they're a bit more sort of, um, they wouldn't use the word cheat. No. You know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe, you know, <laughs> like those words were used on that day because yeah. those fans felt like, you know, Hamilton had been cheated out of it. No, of course. And it's kind of, frees you I guess to kind of go wherever you think is most interesting or yeah most yeah important. yeah and, and one of the things as well that we're definitely going to roll out on on the um you know f1 channel that we've got is something that we've started on AFTV and we're going to be doing on DR which is what I think called fan zone hmm. now this is a bit of new tech that we've got which what it enables you to do is to wherever you are in the world wherever you are around the UK to call in to the show so you can, but call in with video instead of just calling in. Yeah. So um, on the AFTV one, you just press a button on uh, a couple of buttons on our app, AFTV Plus, and you come through to a virtual green room where the guys who are um, downstairs, they would just like speak to that person. What do you want to say? Where are you from? And then they bring them on to the show live. And it's been really successful on AFTV. We've had fans, that, I mean, after a game, we get fans from all over the world coming on and having their say about Arsenal. We're going to be doing this with the F1 as well, where fans, wherever you are, will be able to come on and have your say about the race. So had it been that contentious race between Hamilton and yeah. Verstappen, I'm sure we would have had Dutch fans coming on <laughs> back in Verstappen and you'd have fans from the UK and all everywhere else or a lot of other places around the world saying, no, Hamilton should have won. But it's just, again, it's all about engaging more and more fans. That's what we're about here. We want to engage as many fans as possible, whether it's through them sending in comments when we're doing shows or them coming on and being part of the show themselves. And I think that's that really is our at the centre of everything that I do is fans first, fan driven. Yeah, that's I think that's where our success has come from. Because there are a lot of other people that talk about, oh yeah, we're for the fans and then but I don't see sometimes I'm like, well, where are they then? Or yeah, you might have a fan on, but the fans are just like a side piece of what you're doing. Yeah. But with us, I think that's the difference with us. They are central to everything we do. Yeah, I see. It's kind of, they are the show. There's nothing. They are the show. about the other content. You don't that's have that, any. That's a great way of describing it. They are the show. You don't have any live, obviously you're not showing live sport. You know, it's all yeah. basically the fan reaction. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and I mean, another great thing about us is that all of our content is original. So, yeah. you know, we, we don't have to have the rights to football because we don't show any football. We don't show any of the, you know, commentary you wouldn't hear on our channel. You hear fans giving their opinions about the game. And I always say this thing that um, football and how we consume football, if I'm using football as an example, has changed throughout the years. You know, um, the way we consume football now is completely different to how we consumed football 15, 20 years ago, hmm. in which we all went home, 
watch the live game or we watch match of the day. People don't people don't consume football like that no more. You know, people for starters, nobody's waiting on match of the day no more. You know, what I mean, they're yeah. getting the games, you know, before that. But then also on top of that, when a game of football is ninety minutes, when that game finishes, the conversation is still continuing. There's a com- there's a massive conversation before a game. Then you've got the game. Then there's a massive conversation after the game as well. Mm-hmm. And that conversation before and after the game can go on for days about that one game. Yeah. Right? And what we do is we make sure we're in those conversations. Even during the game now, because we do the watch-alongs where yeah. we're talking about the game and we're discussing the game and we're, as we're watching it. But basically, we are in the conversation and you have to be in that conversation. It's, it's huge, you know? I watched the game on Saturday, um, oh, sorry, on Sunday, it was Man United um, versus uh, Liverpool, the game which uh, yes. Liverpool won 7-0, <laughs> right? And um, what, what I found really interesting is obviously that game, massive game, two, the two biggest clubs in the, in, in the country going at 7-0, mad crazy result. But if you go back and look at a lot of stuff that you've seen around it, it's the stuff after the game has done as bigger numbers, the discussion, as the game. So yeah. you look at the various Man United channels, they've done massive numbers talking about the game. If you even look at Sky, who did the game, they had a big, afterwards, Gary Neville and Graham Soonis yeah. got into a big argument about, you know, Soonis, obviously Liverpool, Gary Neville, Man United, they got into a big argument because Soonis was saying, I told you that Liverpool were going to beat and I told you that United were being overhyped and stuff. And because they were going back and forth, that's done millions of views everywhere. So that conversation afterwards, and then the next day, and the next day talking about such a huge game, if you was to top up all of that, it will do better than the game. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. So, you know, that's what that's what we're very good at. You know, what I mean, we're very good at being in those conversations, leading a lot of those conversations, and uh, and that is how football has changed over the years. It's it's a different animal now. You know? Yeah, and in terms of your own content as well, obviously started with kind of reaction videos after matches and so mm. on. It's built up to much more live content more recently, yeah. and I guess. Can you tell me like how that's evolved and like how you, why you decided to do that? Yeah, well, it's, it's it's lots of everything. We still do, you know, like you said, we used to. That was our main thing: going outside the um, games and speaking to fans and getting their reaction. We still do that, but now with the advent of things like we've got like fan zone where we can get fans from all over the world, we can speak to fans from anywhere in the world now. So we, we you know, to me, a fan of Arsenal is a fan. It doesn't matter whether you go to a game or you watched it in America and you were five. You had to wake up five hours before the game started at twelve thirty yeah. to watch it. You're still a fan, so I want to hear from everybody. I want to hear from the fans who are at the game, but I want to hear from the fans around the world, in Africa, in America, wherever you are, because your opinion as well is valid. So that is how it's really evolved now. And then social media. You the various different platforms. You know, I mean, you've got long form YouTube and Facebook. You know, we we do loads of content on, but you've also got the emergence now of so many short form content platforms like uh, TikTok. It's massive yeah. for us. Um, Instagram with Instagram Stories and Instagram Reels, 
and, and um, YouTube, YouTube Shorts, which is the latest sort of very similar to TikTok, like short form content, which that stuff does really, really well as well, which is like more sort of bite size, you know, shorter bits of content. Mm. But again, talking about the game and talking about, you know, so you got to stay on top of all the various different platforms. And then obviously live is huge. When I first started doing AFTV, for instance, live wasn't really a big thing. Yeah. Because, the, you know, the, the technology around live wasn't really there yet. Now live is huge. I mean, you know, like you, everybody goes live, you know what I mean? So yeah, it's, it's just, and what's, you know, we, we, we're always keeping a constant eye of what's coming in the future. I mean, we've already done a couple of things in the metaverse where, you know, I've done Q and A's in the metaverse around football. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's gonna be something that's big in the future. And as I said, for us, the fan zone thing where people come through to our app and come on live, that's gonna be a major part of the stuff that we're doing in the future because we're just connecting more and more fans wherever you are. Yeah, and speaking those other platforms, obviously like TikTok, Instagram, mentioned even metaverse platforms in the future. Do you kind of see them as ways of driving kind of subscribers and stuff to YouTube or as yeah. their own entities? No, they already do. They already yeah. So you know what? So they do drive subscribers to YouTube. Yeah. But how I try to treat every platform is as their own platform. Mm. So I remember like years and years ago, um, first of all, we just used to just, we'd have our YouTube content because that was our principal channel and we just chopped down everything for all the other channels. Yeah. And we didn't do nothing specific for any other channel. And somebody said to me, they go, Robbie, do you realize though that you've got people that they got their own platform? That they, they you know what I mean? And it's very true. I started to observe, like if I even observe my children, my children, their principal channels are um, YouTube, TikTok, and now they're consuming YouTube Shorts as well. Yeah, those are their three principal channels. Yeah. Then you'll observe somebody else. They do Twitter. My kids never go on Twitter. Yeah, I don't even know if they got it on their phone. But <laughs> they're all over TikTok. They're all over. But you'll have another person now. Might be an older person. They're Twitter and Facebook. Mm. Then you've got another person, they're just YouTube. You've got another person, the only thing they do is Instagram. So you've got to cater for those platforms and give those platforms the respect that they deserve. So whilst we still have some content that we chop down for those, you know, because we can, we'll construct it in a way in which people like consuming it on those platforms. But then also on top of that, we make specific content for those platforms. So we'll make specific TikTok, YouTube short videos that are made for those platforms. Mm. And the same for Instagram, we'll make specific content for there or we'll go live only on Instagram for a show or live only on TikTok. So you've got to give those platforms the, the respect because you've got some people, that's all they, they may not watch any of your YouTube videos. Yeah. Some might come over, some might not. Some might be just like, my only thing's TikTok. Yeah. And then once they've watched a couple of your videos, they're swiping on to the next. So you've got to keep them engaged with your content over on that platform. So it's very important to be on all, with the, with the F1 channel that we just started, we've got accounts on everything and we're yeah. putting the content on all of these things, you know, because, you know, we, 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 we realize that, that there's, I think there's a misconception sometimes that 
just put the same thing all over on on each platform that's not how it works yeah no definitely and is it a case of obviously you're trying to appeal to younger audiences as well as older audiences so exactly exactly I, 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 basically i want to appeal to everybody yeah right <laughs> so you know but the younger audiences if you want to appeal to them you've got to be on TikTok. you've got to be on youtube shorts you've got to be on instagram because if you used to look at the stats those are where they are yeah that's where they are and youtube that's where they are the older demographic is probably as i said on twitter and facebook you know but my kids they, they haven't they don't do i don't think they've got a facebook account they don't do it yeah they look on facebook they go that's for older people <laughs> you know it's weird isn't it because yeah but that is bit. how that is how people are viewing things now oh twitter oh, don't don't do twitter but yeah. instagram yeah i do that and it's all yeah. very video based as well like yeah kind of, um not very much. I mean, Twitter's obviously text-based. Yeah, and even, thing, Twitter, so even Twitter has got, like, you know, the, the, the video content that we put on Twitter does really, really well. Yeah. You know, because, um, so it's, it's yeah, you've just, but you've just got to be wary to make sure you're creating content for those platforms because, you know, I always look on it when I'm creating content that I can't, whichever piece of content somebody's consuming us on, they're speaking, you're speaking to one person. You're mm. not speaking to thousands and millions you may have a million followers, but only one person's got that phone in his hand. Yeah. That's how I look on it. So I need to, and that one person may only follow AFTV on Twitter, AFTV on Twitter, or only follow DR on Twitter. So I need to create stuff to keep him engaged on Twitter. I can't neglect that. Yeah. Just because I'm doing stuff on other platforms, you know? Yeah, you have to keep yourself spread across yeah. everything. Yeah, um, And. In terms of the live stuff as well, um, obviously there's been a trend of younger viewers as well watching, now watch the game on TV, obviously, because that's where it is, but then having a watch along next to it, maybe muting it and Huge. listening along. So I saw it recently compared to how people used to mute it and listen to the radio at the same time, effectively. Yep. Um, so I guess, how do you approach that and how do you differentiate yourself from the, commenta the commentator and the pundit effectively are going to be on there and again, the crowd noise again it's just about being authentic we, we do it in different ways I mean our watch along on um, AFTV is like uh, you can see the couches there in the background yeah. we're all sat on couches watching it like, like you know like a group of lads and girls have got together to watch the game and have fun and yumming and all the emotions and that that come with it. That's the way which we do it on AFTV. And then on DR, we do it more around a sort of a table vibe. But again, it's authentic fans of then clubs coming together to watch the game. And then we have a neutral person in between, you know, and yeah, yeah we just, I wouldn't exactly say we commentate on the game, but it is almost, it turns into a running commentary because mm. just of what everybody's saying. Everybody's just giving their opinions and views around the game. And it will differ. It will be different to, you know, <laughs> I can tell you from the AFTV watch along, watching it back <laughs> on the game on Saturday, the four VAR decisions oh, yeah. that went against Arsenal um, <laughs> again, <laughs> were all nailed on, according to the guys. <laughs> we're all nailed on penalties, and um, according to the guys who were sat on the couch. You know what I mean? So that's it. You get a different, yeah. You know, but I think um, there's a lot of fun when you watch it. And I think for a person watching it at home, if you're an Arsenal fan and you're watching the AFTV one and there's other Arsenal fans there, you feel like you're watching it with your mates sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and you sort of pick up that kind of vibe. 
So yeah, it's 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 a new phenomenon that's been really successful for us. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, overall, he's touched on a lot of different parts of your content. And when you look now at kind of bigger you know, the broadcasters and so on, like I mean, Sky or BT, as it's known for now, um, what do you think? they could be doing better to kind of reach these audiences which you are currently reaching i think um ways. listen i think it's you know um they need to embrace the the fans as well more mm. you know i sometimes look at it like for instance you have after a game as i said yeah you have a panel of ex-players i do often think oh wouldn't it be cool if you had a fan in there as well a couple of fans in there or could you not do another show as well a follow up after that with fans. Yeah. You know, I don't want to give them too many ideas, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? There's a lot of things I feel they could do. Yeah. And some of them, to be fair, some of them have tried to do their various versions. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like on Sky, they do a show called Saturday Social. Yeah. Which is pretty, I've been on that a few times where they have fans on and stuff like that. But I still feel that that's, there's shows they could be doing in the sweet spots of when people are con you know, consuming content, that I think they're missing a trick. Yeah, I really do think they're missing a trick on it. It's but making audiences more involved with the content. Yeah, I mean, like if I even looked at F1, when have you ever seen or heard anything from one of those thousands of thousands of fans that are at the, yeah. the F1? You know, as I said, you know I mean, when you've got that exciting running, you know, and when, when Hamilton got beaten by Max Verstappen on that last lap, I didn't see one interview with a fan. Yeah. You know, a fan of Hamilton, what did you think? A fan of Verstappen, what did you think? You would have got contrasting views, I'm sure. You know, um, when I watched the F1 this week and, you know, Alonso put in an unbelievable drive to come third in Aston Martin, sort of surprising everybody. Mm. It would have been nice to hear from a couple of passionate fans of Aston Martin or some fans in the crowd yeah. who was at that, race to say well you know what wow I just can't believe you know what Alonso did and you know I can't believe the how Aston Martin now is just emerged from you know having quite an average season last year to now being up there with a chance you know there's thousands of fans at those races thousands never, yeah. never heard from any no definitely and so you know with us now I'm looking at that and I'm saying that's something that we that's something that we can do we can make those fans have a voice. Mm. We can make those fans have a say. But I look at little things like that all the time with so many sports, boxing, same thing. I'm like, such uh, a big miss. I want to say too much because as I said, <laughs> you know, they're going to jump in and take the ideas. Well, I just, come to you. There's so many things I look at, right? I just look at and I'm just like, even just, on, I'll give you an example, just as a normal yeah. thing. I go, you go to a football match in, in this country, you go to use your phone, no service. Yeah. Soon as, soon as everybody turns up inside the ground, no service. You can't get no service on your phone. No, because why, why is that? Why? Now I've been told before, oh, it's because so many people are in a certain area and the signal. But when I was in Qatar for the World Cup, you could use your phone in the ground. You can do an Instagram story. Yeah. You can um, do a TikTok. You can do, right? And, then that, and that entail gets loads of engagement with the fans that are in the stadium. When I was in America, right? 
same thing. I've been to American sports. You can use your phone in the ground. They're even sending you messages on your phone if you sign up. You know, go and buy this drink, go and this. So it's helping them as well to yeah. send their product. Plus as well, people are signing up to, you know, by, by get, joining their Wi-Fi, which is works brilliantly in the ground. People are able to then, you know, they've got data on them. I don't get why over here you, I go to a game of football, whichever club, yeah, and I can't get no service on my phone. <laughs> I just look at things like that. I'm just you're not thinking ahead of you know. Yeah, definitely. And you know, there's just a lot of there's just a lot of little things like that I see, and I'm just like, I, I, I think with a lot of you know, I'm just going back to football now. Mm. Um, a lot of football clubs, even with the F1, they've a lot of times this people have done things for a very long time, and they've made money and it's worked. And they all just can continue to do that. But then one day, they're going to get a big wake-up call if they don't, because they, you know things are moving and changing so much. Yeah, it seems to be a bit... You think maybe it'd help if people were a bit freer, I guess, in terms of who they allowed on screen and who... Yeah, you've got to be open. ...is able to make content. You've got to be open to innovation. You've got to be open to trends and how things change, you know? Yeah. Um, because you, you just can't do everything the same as what you did it then. You know, because as I said, in 15 years ago, there was no TikTok. There was barely any Twitter. There was, you know. Yeah. Now you want to know something in football, you know, even sometimes before it's even in a football news story, it's on Twitter, you know. Yeah. So course. so we, we we consume things differently now. And I, I, I still think sometimes with the big broadcasters, they're still caught up in the old way of doing things, even though they've taken on board a lot of the, yeah. you know, they all got Twitter accounts and TikTok and they, they've yeah. all got those, but are they using them in the right way? Are they using them to the best of effect? You know, I just, I, I'm not convinced that they are. Mm -hmm. And I guess looking forward then to the future, what are your predictions in terms of that? Do you think it's going to keep on going to the effect where people are kind of expecting to see content immediately? Like when yeah. a goal goes in now, they want to see it in the next couple of minutes, not a match of the day in the evening kind of thing. Yeah, I, I, I can see football. I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but <laughs> I just think with the amount of technologies that's around nowadays, football's going football's to be completely different. You know what I mean? Will, will there be a place for a match of the day in the future when everybody's already watched the game hours before? Mm -hmm. You know, already you're seeing like... Um, Sky, they put out all the highlights on YouTube like yeah. very quickly after the game, um, which has been a smart thing to do, you know what I mean? And drives loads and loads of views um, for that. So, and I, I think maybe in the future there might be more involvement with fans on these platforms, maybe. Um, and then just like embracing, you know, I think they're going to have to embrace some of the platforms more and do more things on these platforms, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't exactly know what the changes, all the trends are, but you've yeah. got to stay on top of them. You have to because it's forever changing. Something new is always coming down the pipeline and you've got to, and some of them work for football, some of them don't. Some of them work for F1, some of them don't, you know, but it is always worth, I mean, the metaverse is an interesting one, an interesting one because when I have done a few things in it, you know what I mean? So I've been able to go in a room which we've sort of, built in the metaverse and invite fans in to come and have a, a chat and a Q&A and I was kind of blown away about how how effective that was yeah and as that improves and improves and improves and 
gets refined over the years, that might be a really good medium for chatting to fans. So there's a lot of exciting things ahead, but yeah, you know, it's just technology, just the, the live thing now is so big. But that didn't really exist even five, six years ago. Live was there, but nobody weren't really doing it much. And go back to 20 years ago, live would, would have required trucks pulling up with satellite dishes yeah. and things, you know, taking a whole day or two to get it all up and running. Now you can just press a button on your phone. No, of course. And what do you see yourselves going? You obviously at the moment, you've kind of gone, you've added live to your content, you've moved beyond football into F1 and other sports. Mm. What are the plans for you guys in the future? Well, with the GFN network, what we're trying to do is we're trying to build a network of channels that do sport. So mm -hmm. whether it be football, like bringing like loads of uh, football channels together to make content together, whether it be other sports like we've ventured into F1 now, we're looking at a load of other sports as well. You know I mean? There, there's scope to do repeat what we've done on AFTV, for instance. You could do that in basketball, you could do that in NFL, you could do it in cricket, you know, IPL. You know, there's lots and lots of avenues putting mm -hmm. fans at the centre of everything we do. And we really want to sort of become a full-on broadcaster using social media. Yeah. So all of our little bits of new technology like Fan Zone, where fans can come on and express their opinion wherever they are around the world, pushing that sort of stuff more and more and more so that wherever you are, if you're a fan, you're a fan. And I, I, the, the meaning that, you know, once upon a time, some people used to view it like to be an Arsenal fan, you've got to, you know, live in London, for instance, or yeah. live in North London. No, to be a, if you're a fan, you're a fan. If you live in, I don't know, Ecuador, or you live in China, yeah. you can come on and have your say, you know? And, and I, I really, that's our vision. Our vision is to be a full on sort of broadcaster through these social media, you know, because YouTube and TikTok and that, it's hitting millions and millions and millions of people, every, well, billions. Mm. So that's the medium we're looking to use to, to hit all these people. And, you know, we, we're already proving and I've already proved that it works, so yeah, it's just only going to get bigger in the future. No, of course. And does that mean branching out into different content as well? Like, uh, obviously, at the moment, it's very trying to think it's pundit-based, almost. I guess like speaking to fans and having them give their views. Mm. Have you thought about adding documentary stuff? And there are plans to do more TV and more documentary stuff. Um, so yeah, that that is definitely an avenue that we will explore in the future. Even doing some of those documentaries and making them specifically for our channel here. We've, yeah. we've been doing a, we've been sort of putting together a sort of documentary documenting this season. Uh, okay. Um, and hopefully, this is through AFTV, and hopefully Arsenal can win the league <laughs> and it ends as a happy story. But yeah. we've we've been documenting our season, how it's been going us going to games, us being in the studio, following Arsenal all throughout the season. So at the, at the end of the season, that's gonna come out as a documentary on the channel. As, oh, you know, so on. yeah, so yeah, there's so, there's so much scope to make so much engaging content. It's just really exciting. Thanks for listening to the Broadcast Sport Podcast. If you enjoyed that and want to listen to more in the sport media business, remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and we'll see you next time.